We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Gateway Chapel message. Once more, welcome to church. I am excited to be able to share God's word with you today. Uh, and this message came to my spirit from when pastor started preaching this particular series of the sound of greatness or great things um, a couple of weeks ago. And this particular one came as he just read the scripture and he said something about the man Elijah. The Holy Spirit just ministered to me straight and I thought, hot from the press. I needed to put this down and then hear what God has got to say. So I'm going to be sharing along those lines with you today. But in the interim, I am going to try my best to share a story. It's not a joke, it's a story. Okay, and then read the scripture. But let's pray. Father, thank you for the entrance of your word today. We give all of us that hear it light and understanding will come to the simple-hearted. Let your word come with simplicity, with accuracy and grace to hear and to do, and to understand. In Jesus' precious name we've prayed. Amen and amen. So, I want to talk to you about something I have titled, How to Turn Nothing to Something. How to Turn Nothing to Something. Under the big banner, hearing the sound of greatness, as pastor is preaching during the course of this season. But before I go into the word, let me tell you a story I read recently that I thought was really apt and appropriate. And this story was told about three fishes. There were three fishes that were inside a particular pool. And one of them is called plan ahead. (laughs) And the other one is called wait and see. Whereas one is called think fast. One is called plan ahead. One is called think fast. And the other one is called wait and see. The three of them were in the pool or in the water. And then they heard the fisherman say, tomorrow I am going to catch fishes and go to the market with them. Straight away, Mr. Planner Head said, wow, the fisherman is coming to catch fishes and take them to the market. He's not going to catch me here. So today I am going to escape from here and go down the river to another part of the, 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 the water. That's what the Mr. Planner had mentioned to the other two fishes. And the other two fishes, uh, uh, the Mr. Thinkfast said, you know what, I'll wait till tomorrow. And then I'll start thinking about what to do. I know how to think fast anyway. Then Mr. Wichansi said, we will wait and we will see what happens. When we get there, we will cross the bridge. We will see. We need to see. We need to see. We need to see. So come the next day. By the time the fisherman came, fisherman came to cut the fishes, Mr. Planner had already gone. He wasn't caught. Two fishes were caught that day. One was Mr. Wait and See, and the other one was Mr. Think Fast. Mr. Think Fast, however, said, oh my goodness, I've been caught by the fisherman. What am I going to do now? So he decided quickly, pretend to be dead, pretend to be dead, because he can think fast. So he pretended as if he was dead, and all of a sudden, he rolled up, curled up, and the fisherman looked at him and thought, oh, that's a dead fish. I don't have anything to do with this. I don't want a dead fish. So he threw it back. I don't want a dead fish. But Mr. Wait and See was captured and taken to the market and it became history because it became the food for the fisherman. And there are many of us that are exactly like Mr. Wait and See. God says, I've sent the sound of greatness. I've sent the sound of abundance of rain. Great things are going to happen. I say, let's wait and see. Every time you find yourself in the category of Mr. Wait and See, you miss out on the great things that God has planned for you. You miss out on the things that he has planned ahead. You miss out on even thinking fast to escape the things that are not meant to entrap you. 
But let's look at the scripture. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 18, verses 41 to 46. The baseline of that story, by the way, is do not be Mr. Wait and See. When God speaks a word, God will bring the word to pass, believe the word, and just proceed with the realization of the promise that God has given to you. Let's read um, 1 Kings chapter 18. I love, 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 love this scripture. I've been highly blessed by it. I've meditated on it. Pastor has preached on this scripture for the past two weeks, and I am going to, you know, pick up from this same scripture to talk about how to turn nothing into something. From verse 41, it says, And Elijah said unto her, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound of greatness. Get up and begin to act because the sound has come. It says, so, Eli so Ahab went up. He went to do exactly what the prophet told him to do, by the way. He went to eat and he went to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and he put his face between his knees and said to his servant, after praying for a while, he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sky and see. And he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. And that's where the title of this sermon came from. When pastor read that scripture and that there is nothing, it just hit my spirit. The man that the man of God sent to go and bring the evidence of what God is doing said, there is nothing. God has said the word. God has sent a word. The man of God is declaring the word. But a man that is meant to go and look for the evidence came back and said, there is nothing. I don't know what you have heard and I don't know what you are saying. But the man of God has said there is sound of greatness. What are you saying in your house at the moment? What are you saying in your heart at the moment? What are you saying with your friends at the moment? Are you in the world of there is nothing or are you in the place of I hear the sound? And the scripture went ahead and it says, after he said there is nothing, he said, go again seven times. Now listen, it wasn't that he said, go again, go now, go, 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 go. No, he kept going and coming back with the same report of nothing. And the man of God said, keep going. And it came to pass in verse 44 that on the seventh time he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand of fist, another version says. And he said, go up, say to Herab, prepare your chariots, and say, get you down, for there is rain, so the rain does not stop you. And verse 45 says, and it came to pass, and that Ahab went ahead, and verse 46, and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he guarded his loins, and they ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Verse 45 made us understand that there was abundance of rain, just like the man of God declared. There was abundance of rain, just like the man of God said with his mouth. 
Now it's interesting. Let's look at this. I have categorized this sermon into three different perspectives or three different angles. And the first one is Elijah's encounter. Elijah's encounter. And uh, then we look at Elijah's experience. Then we look at Elijah's example. So we'll see where we get to today and continue next week Sunday. Elijah's encounter. First Kings chapter 18. From verse 1, Elijah has had an interesting encounter in that land. From verse 1, the Bible made us understand that something happened. God sent a word in verse 1 of Elijah in, in 1 Kings chapter 18. It says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. God is the one that sent his word to Elijah saying, go now, show yourself unto Ahab and it will rain upon the earth. It will rain. God's word is what came to Elijah that became the thing that Elijah held on to. And based on the word that God had sent, Elijah did exactly like God said. And so he went into Ahab's presence and there was a battle between Ahab, Elijah, the prophets of Baal. And there was so much that happened from verses 1 all the way to verse 41. From the moment God sent his word, different battles started happening. From the moment God sent his word, there were things that were happening that should discourage Elijah and stop Elijah from carrying out that which God has told him to do. There were so many things that could happen that would not allow them to see the fulfillment of the promise that the man of God had declared, or rather, that God has given to the man of God, because God gave the man of God the promise in secret. In verse 1, God's word came to Elijah personally. It wasn't in a group of people. It wasn't in an assembly. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't amongst other people. His encounter with God was personal. And when that word came, different things happened to distract from the fulfillment of that word. But all of them, that's the beauty of our God. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and those that are called according to his purpose. All of them work together to bring the children of Israel to a point where they came to a place where they can repent. Because the prophets of Baal and Asherah and all the prophets in the land were brought to a place all together and they were destroyed by the presence of the Lord and the people repented, which then means that the presence of the Lord and the rain of the Lord can come on the land because rain not coming on the land was a punishment for the misbehavior of the people. Now the people are reconciled to the Lord. So those things that look like problems along the way were all part of God's plan. Now they got to a place where people have now repented and it's time for the rain to come. And Elijah made a declaration. And after Elijah made the declaration, nothing seemed to be happening. And so I just thought to look at a few things there. The very, very first thing was Elijah's confession there. Elijah's confession. Under Elijah's encounter, look at Elijah's confession. Elijah said, he instructed him. He instructed Ahab. He said, Elijah said to Ahab in verse 41, get thee up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Now have a listen. There was no physical sound anywhere. There was no rain already. So it's, it, it, you and I know that if there is no rain, you can't say you hear the sound of rain. So it is not a physical hearing. And Pastor, when he was talking a couple of weeks ago, was talking about the fact that the man of God could hear in the spirit and see in the spirit. And he read the book of Galatians. And he talked about seeing in the spirit and hearing in the spirit. And one of the best things you can do for yourself that I can do for myself this year is to find ourselves in a place where we hear the sound of the spirit. 
A man that hears the sound of the Spirit is a man that will experience greatness in life. A man that hears the sound of the Spirit is a man that will experience greatness in life. The sound of the Spirit came. He says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That is, I know something is coming. I've heard of it in the Spirit. I have heard of it in my closet, and I know it's time to prepare for it. Question, what have you heard, and what are you preparing for? Is 2021 going to be exactly like 2020 was for you, of what everybody else say about it? Elijah's confession was based on his personal encounter with God in the privacy of his own life. What's your confession like? He was able to confidently say in verse 41 that you need to go because I hear the sound because God has spoken to him in verse 1. When last did God speak to you? Pastor has talked, about, talked on that extensively. But I just want to remind you one more time that if God is going to bring something out of nothing in your life, it starts with what God says. And we're going to look closely at that subsequently. But the first thing in Elijah's confession is, Elijah did what nobody else had done. Nobody else had the sound. He did, he did, nobody had the sound. Nobody felt the sound. Nobody saw anything. But Elijah heard, and Elijah heard and saw because of the relationship he had with God. Elijah's confession was, rain is coming. And Elijah knew and he was convinced rain was coming. And it didn't matter what things looked like on the surface. Elijah knew rain was coming. But where did Elijah's confidence come from? Because we need to talk about that encounter. We talk about his confession, but that confession is based on the confidence. I thought about three things there. The very first one is confidence was based on the word of God. First Kings chapter 18 verse 1, the word of God. The word of God came to Elijah. It is easy to depend on the word that God has spoken than it is to start floundering about trying to think about what to do. You see, Elijah was confident that rain was going to come because the word of God has come to him. The word of God has come to you already. We're in the third week of the year. The word of God has come to you three times this year. The word of God came to you last year. At the crossover, the word of God came to you. Pastor did it 12 minutes, 12 minutes prophetic word that is sent through to us from the mouth of God. The word of God has come. What have you done with it? The word of God is the reason for the confidence of the man of God. The word of God is the reason for the confidence of any that we ever do exploit in the things of God this year. What is the word of God saying about you and what do you believe that word can deliver into your hands? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with the word of God, you cannot enjoy and experience God. As a young believer, I was told repeatedly, learn to acquaint yourself with the word of God because that is where your victory comes from. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. So I kept reading it anyway. And for maybe some of you are hearing me now and you're thinking, well, I don't know where to start from. Start reading it anyway. Start from the book of John. Start from the book of John. It's so simple to read. Understand what God is saying. Go to the book of Galatians. Look at the plan of salvation. Go to the book of Proverbs. See the beautiful things that God has written there. Understand the word of God. Because when you understand the word of God, you can confess what God is saying. You can experience what God has prepared for you. Elijah's encounter was not just based on the fact that he was a big man of God. It wasn't just based on the fact that he was just special. It was based on the fact that God sent a word to him. The word of God. The second thing that Elijah's confidence was based on was the will of God. Elijah knew the will of God. If you look at 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. The Bible says, And Elijah of the, the Tishbite 
who was in the inhabitant in Gilead, said unto Hiab, As long as the Lord, the God of this land, of, uh, as long as the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand and before whom I serve, there shall not be rain according to my word. Now, why would Elijah be confident enough to say that? It's so simple. He knew the will of God. The people of God were dithering. They were going down. They were jumping between Baal and worshipping God. When it suits them, they worship the Lord. When it suits them, they don't worship the Lord. In fact, the reason why I knew that is the scripture says, look, choose ye today. If Baal is Baal, follow him. If it is God, follow him. So they did not reject God completely, but when it suits them, they come to God. When it doesn't suit them, they go down their alternative. And, and this gentleman, Elijah, knew that the fact that they had an alternative meant that they were not fully committed to the Lord. Not being fully committed to the Lord automatically, therefore, means that you are not able to depend on the Lord and God is not happy with them because they had another God going in the land. And because of that, God punish them the way God punishes people like that by withholding rain. It's an agrarian society as we have heard before. So rain was withheld. And all of a sudden, there was no rain in the land. There was drought in the land. There was nothing in the land. There was nothing to depend on. There was nothing to experience simply because these people of God were walking away from God or double dealing with God. And God wasn't happy about it. And Elijah knew. And Elijah also knew that it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I, the Lord, will come and I will bless them. And on the basis of that, guess what? By the time Elijah made that declaration, he knew that God's people, if they turned back from the Lord, rain will come. So he knew rain was going to come because the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah and all the negatives in the land have all been burnt. And now the people's voices have lifted up to God again. So he knew the will of God. Question, do you know the will of God for your life? Do you know the plan of God for your life? If you will ever turn nothing into something, we need to start from somewhere. Elijah's opportunity and ability to turn nothing to something was a function of some background issues, some encounters he has had with God privately. You see, nothing becomes something where we have won the battle in the privacy of our lives. Question, have you? Your confession has a lot to do with your confidence in God. And the confidence Elijah had in God was that, number one, the word of God has said so. Number two, it is the will of God to reconcile his people back to himself and give them rain when they've come back to him. And then number three, it was based on the works of God. The works of God. God's work is consistent with God's person. Elijah at this point has experienced so much of God. You know, there are some things I say today and I declare to people and I share with people. It's not because I am any special. It's not because I am better than anybody else. It's because I know the way God works. I know what God has done for me before. I know what God has done in my life in the past. I know the works of the Lord. Elijah has seen God work. In the small things of life and the big things of life. No one can tell me now that God does not heal. I've seen him heal and he has healed me. No one can tell me that God does not provide. I've seen him provide for other people. He's provided for me. I have a testimonies. And how do you know the work of the Lord? If you have not personally experienced it yourself, go to our votes and start listening. Go to that, see this same YouTube page and look at the previous testimony times that people have shared. I like to meditate on the testimony of God's goodness. You know why? Because it shows me what God can do. Elijah knew what God could do. God has shown up to him in the brooks. God has shown up for him in the barrel. God has shown up for him with regards to the young boy. God has shown up for him when, when he was with the prophets of Baal. He had experienced God so much. So he knew the works of the Lord. 
question. Are you one of the people that can say clearly, I know that I know that I know that my God answers prayers. I know that I know that I know that God can do this and that for me in this area. Elijah knew that based on his personal experience with him. Elijah's encounter with God was not a fluke. Elijah's experience and encounter with God was not a fluke. It wasn't just anything anyhow. So Elijah knows that he can trust the Lord to fulfill the word that he has promised. Ladies and gentlemen, you can trust the Lord to fulfill the word that he has promised. You and I can trust the Lord to fulfill the word that he has promised. When God said there is something coming, it doesn't matter whether there is something that we see. So let's talk about Elijah's experience. Let's talk about the experience of nothing when God said there is something. Because that does happen. God can say there is something. And the physical experience could be different from what God says. If you look at chapter 18, verse 42, it's verse 43, which is where the scripture and which is where the title of this message is from. It says, and said to his servants, go up now and look towards the sea. And a servant went and he said, there is nothing. A servant went and he said, there is nothing. You see, we've all been there at different times where we find ourselves in a place where it looks like there is nothing. There was a time that we were running a, a consultancy firm, my husband and I, and we had found ourselves in a place of, we looked at the account balance and we looked at ourselves and we said, there is nothing. Just the same way the servant said, for some people, it is money. There is nothing. Some people look at their relationship and their marriage and say, there is nothing. There is no love in this place anymore. Another person look at their health and say, there is no hope. There are different times that you find yourself where you hear this heart-shattering, heart-ranging phrase. There is nothing. Elijah told this gentleman, rain is coming. Rain is on his way. But the reality of what they were looking at was nothing. And God is saying in that same place where you have heard nothing, where you have heard that there is nothing, there is abundance. God is saying in that same place where you have been told there is nothing, abundance is there. It's amazing. They didn't need to change location in order to experience the abundance and the something and the great things that God has planned for them. That same place where they thought there was nothing, something was round the corner. Elijah goes away by himself along with his servant and he went to pray. And he kept on praying and he kept on praying. And the servant kept coming back. They kept, he kept coming back with what we call a bad report. A bad report. And I don't know many of us that are in that place at the moment, either because of what you're hearing in the news or what the economy is saying or what your workplace is saying, the amount of people they're going to get rid of this year, which is contrary to what the man of God has said. Man of God said it's going to be a year of double honor. You're thinking it's a year of there is nothing. It's a year of this is what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying. For some people, it's empty reports. You look at it and say, this is empty. Empty bank accounts, empty reports, empty dreams. Last year's dream and hope, nothing done with them. Even though man of God said it's going to be a year of double honor, you're still thinking that looks, it looks as if there is nothing here. It could be a negative report. All of this were the combination of what that gentleman brought. For some people, it's a negative report of God. You kept believing God. You kept believing God for something. When the report came, it's still negative. For some people, it is Whatever it is, they've come back with a report of nothing. 
There is nothing. When God said there is something and a report of there is nothing comes out, I want to say to you that you are not alone. You're not the first to experience that. The beauty of this God that we serve is that it turns that same place, it turns that same experience from nothing into something. There was nothing the man said. So Elijah kept telling him, you go back and go back and go back. Amazing that Elijah did not have to change location in order to experience something. He got something. He got abundance in that same place that the servant came back to say there was nothing in. Now, that's not the first man. That's not the first man in scripture to come back with a nothing experience or nothing report. I remember the story which many of us have known in the past. A story of Isaac. Bible says Isaac sowed in the land. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold result. Now, in that same land was a dry land. In that same year, what land was a barren land. In Genesis, the Bible made us understand, Genesis chapter 26, that Isaac stayed in that land. In fact, he was going to change location. God said, don't move. There is dryness here and it looks like there is nothing in this place, but don't move because I have something for you in this place. And I can imagine as he kept on sowing in that same place, as he kept on tithing in that same place, as he kept on giving his offering in that same place, everybody's thinking it's silly. Everybody's thinking, who sows in this kind of place? Who sows at this kind of time? But the scripture made us understand he sowed and that same year, abundance came. The sound of greatness, the sound of abundance, something out of nothing. Our God is more than able to turn something or bring something, abundance out of nothing. If God could bring abundance for Isaac in that same land that everybody called the land of drought, the land of there is nothing, the time of hardship, the time of no jobs, the time of uh, um, people being on follow, the time that dreams are not being fulfilled, the times that businesses don't seem to be working forward. Can you imagine what God can do in your life? That's not the only other person that I've experienced nothing, you know. How about the gentleman Peter? The scripture made us understand in the New Testament that Peter decided he was going to go fishing and he fished all night and caught what? Nothing. He fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, the word of God came. And that is the biggest nevertheless of all. When Isaac sowed in that same land and there was nothing, God's word came to him. He said, don't move. Some people are thinking, well, I'm not, I'm going to change industries right now. No, don't move. Some people are thinking, I'm going to change church right now. Don't move. Some people are thinking, I'm going to stop typing right now. Don't change because God is on the verge of delivering abundance into your hands in that same place where you said there is nothing. But made us understand concerning Peter, that Peter stayed in that same place and the word of the Lord came and he caught abundance. You know the beauty of a place where everybody has said there is nothing is that when the abundance comes, it's always very obvious that it's God that did it. You know, when there's something or a little bit of a trace of something that everybody knows that you did it yourself, your strength have done it for you. But there is a way that God will do things in your life that everybody will know that it is not your works. It is not your word. It is not your help. It is God that have done this for you. The God that turns the place of nothing to the place of abundance is the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that your abundance is beyond the nothing. Write that down. Your abundance is beyond the nothing. You think there is nothing right now? There is something on the, behind that nothing. 
You see, if Elijah had not told the gentleman, his servant, to keep on going to look, we would have finished that story and said the story ended with nothing. But behind that nothing, on the seventh time of looking, was a cloud like the fist of a man, was a miracle. Why, why, why is it a miracle? Amongst many things, when it's going to rain heavily, the way Elijah has told us it's going to rain heavily, it is never just with a cloud the size of a fist that comes from the sea. No, 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 no. It's a cloud that covers the sky. You will see evidence and sign that rain is coming. There was no physical evidence. There were no signs that rain was coming, but there was a declared word that rain was coming. Elijah declared the word based on what God has told him, based on his experience of God, based on the works of God, based on the will of God, based on the word of God, and he experienced what God said. He experienced what God said because he didn't give up. Elijah's experience is abundance in the place of nothing. And God is still in the business of giving men and women abundance in the place of nothing. Your abundance is just beyond the nothing. So never ever give up. You can't see anything right now. You can say, I don't feel anything. For some people, I don't feel anything in this marriage. I need to pack it up. No, don't pack it up because abundance and greatness and beauty and refreshment is coming into that same place where you say you feel nothing. I don't feel like being in this industry at the moment. I don't feel like being in this industry anymore. No, don't pack it up because abundance is coming in that same place. Why? Because God said so. He says, I don't have any evidence. Nothing means I don't have any evidence. There's nothing I can go by that can show me that this is about to change. But God's word is the ultimate when it comes to the change in the life of a man. The sound of greatness is not a physical thing. We didn't hear physically. We hear in the spirit. I love that scripture that pastor used in the book of Galatians last week, two weeks ago. And it says that why would we hear in the spirit and turn it to the flesh? We hear in the spirit. The sound of greatness is in the spirit. So abundance is coming. Position yourself accordingly so you can experience the abundance of the Lord. Greatness is coming. And God is still in the business of turning nothing into something. When you're on the brink of breakthrough and God is working on your behalf, that's actually the time that the devil makes us think so strongly that it's time to pack it up, that it's time to move on, that it's time to live there. I have spent so much time on this. I have sown so much. I have spent so much effort. I have invested so much energy. Yet, I need to move on. But no, 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 don't move on. Because the word of God made us understand very, very clearly that it will bring something out of your nothing. It still specializes in doing that. It, 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 you know, when we were looking at, I was looking at the story of Isaac. Isaac must have thought, no rain means severe drought. No rain for an agrarian society means severe drought. It's not a small drought. It's proper drought, proper problems, no crops, desolate place, horrible condition, and yet God said so, and yet God said I'll give you something, and yet God said I'll move you forward in this place. He said, release your faith into my hand. Just follow what I said to you. Stay in that place. Stay in that land. Keep on sowing in that land. Keep on putting your effort into that business. Keep on going to check. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Because I have something on the back of what looked like nothing. I love God. I love God. I was thinking about the man Ezekiel. I said, Ezekiel was found himself in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel found himself in the midst of a valley that was full of dry bones. Ezekiel could have said, what is this? But dry bone 
when you stayed with it long enough, according to the instruction of the Lord, became a place that had a huge army. That's God for you. There is nothing God cannot release into your hands when you have delivered a promise into your hands. There is nothing my God cannot give to you when he has given you a promise. When God gives you a promise, I want to dare you to turn your back on the nothing and focus on the something God has said because my God is still in the business of turning nothing to something. My God is still in the business of turning nothing to something. The servant said there is nothing. That is, there is no physical evidence of anything happening on the surface. The beauty of everything God does is it all happens underneath, and when it springs forth, it springs forth really good. When it springs forth, it springs forth really, really good. You see, when God wants to surprise a man, he starts from the place of nothing, and then he goes into the place of abundance. Now, these people did not have trickles of rain when the rain came. They had abundance of rain. They had an outpouring, a massive, massive overflow of rain in their land. In the place where there was nothing shall comfort abundance. That's just what God is saying. In the place where there is nothing shall comfort abundance. Prepare your heart for abundance this year because it might look like nothing all around you, but abundance is coming. And because abundance is coming, there is absolutely no way you wouldn't experience it because God has it in stock for you. Elijah's experience. Elijah's experience. Let me skim through Elijah's example and I will talk more in details about that next week. What exactly are the things we need to learn from Elijah? I'm going to talk more in details about that next week but the baseline of the story is that the very first place to start from is the place of his promise. When God gives a promise, it will bring the promise to pass and that's in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1, the word of the Lord came to are you wanting to turn your nothing to something? It starts from the promise of the Lord. I'll expand on this more next week. The second bit, there was a pronunciation. On the back of the promise of the word of the Lord, what did Elijah do? He said to Ahab, verse 41, he said to Ahab, he said, Ahab, arise, eat and drink because great things are coming. I hear the sound. He made a pronouncement. He said it. He said it. He said it. Number three there, he then prayed. And pastor has talked about that extensively over the last two weeks. He prayed. He spent time praying. You need to spend time praying. If you will experience the end of the Lord, you need to spend time praying. You need to pray. The next one there then, he went to foresee, precise, 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 P-R-E-V-I-S-E. I love that word. Foreseeing, visualizing, anticipating. We'll talk more about that. I'll expand more on this next week. But just for you to know, to turn your nothing to something, there are things to do. There are things that Elijah did. Elijah prayed. Elijah pronounced. Elijah got a promise. Elijah provides. That is, he got the servant to keep on looking. Keep on looking, visualizing. I need to see, I need to see, I need to see. I need to see. Oh, you didn't see anything. Go back again again, go back again, go back again. And then he persisted. Can you imagine if the servant had stopped on the fifth time? I know many of us blame the servant, but you know what? I actually like the servant. I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. You know why I think he's a good guy? Because it takes a lot to keep on going back to the same thing. I got two children. Can you imagine if I say to my children, I left my wallet by the bed, go and get it. Let me just say, let's say my daughter, I left my wallet by the bed, go bring it. She goes, mom, your wallet's not there. I said, go back again. And she comes and says, Mom, I said your wallet is not there. Bethel, go back again. You know, she wouldn't want to go back the third time. She said, Mom, please, I think 
your wallet is not there. You either go and check it yourself. I said, not wanting to be rude to me. She said, Mom, I promise you your wallet is not there. I have searched north and south and east and west. There is no wallet. What will mom do? Mom eventually probably stand up and go and look for the wallet myself. Why? Because I, maybe my wallet is not there. I start doubting if it was there. But the servant kept going. And he went seven times before he saw any evidence of what God has spoken. Persistence. And then the performance came. I'm going to look more into details on this. But I just want you to know that if God could turn nothing to something for Elijah because of this, he can do the same for you and I. Don't give up. Don't be perplexed about whatever it is that is not happening in your life at the moment or whatever it is that you think is happening that you don't like. Because great days are ahead. Great days are coming. 2021 will be a great year for you. The sound of greatness has been heard. It has to happen for you. And it will happen for you in the name of Jesus. It will happen in your finances. It will happen in your home. It will happen with your children. It will happen with your health. It will happen in every area of your life. In the name of Jesus. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. In the place where we have experienced nothing, abundance is coming. This year, abundance will come. In the name of Jesus. In your business ideas, abundance will come. In your home, abundance will come. In your finances, abundance will come. In your health, abundance will come in the name of Jesus. No more nothing reports. No more negative reports. No more miserable, just trying to make ends meet. Miserable way of making ends meet in your life in the name of Jesus. No more sorrow. No more shame. No more limitations because the word of the Lord has said so. It's your year of double honor. Restoration will come to you. Double honor is yours according to the word of the Lord. He said, instead of your shame, that is, there has been a place of shame in the past. That's the word he gave us this year, Isaiah 61. Instead of your shame, you will have double honor. That is, whatever it is you have experienced last year, even if you think it was good, it's still a place of shame. God said, this year, I'm going to give you double. You're going to experience double. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be for you. Your God is still in the business of turning nothing into something. Hang with him because he will turn nothing into something in every area of your life. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. I want to end with this story. I want to end with this story because I want to leave you with this story to say, stay persistent. Stay persistent. The way to get something out of nothing in the end was six points I gave you earlier, but stay persistent. Now listen to this story. I read the story of this young boy. This young boy was 23 years old and he saw an advertisement in the newspaper uh, and said, wanted young man as an understudy in a financial, as a financial statistician, P.O. Box 1720. So he answered the advertisement. He applied and he put in his, his, his advert, but he got no reply. Then he applied again. Still no reply. Third time he did the same thing, still no reply. Then he then went to the post office itself and then he said to them, I need the name of the person that owns this post box because I applied for a job here. Of course, they didn't give him the name of the person. And then he saw the postmaster. And then he asked the postmaster, do you know the person that owns this post box? The postmaster said, no, I can't give you the detail, obviously. And then one morning, he just thought, do you know what? I want this job. I'm interested in this job. I've applied for it and I didn't get it. All right, I'll go and stand by the post box. So he went to the post office. He stood by the post box. Somebody owns post box 1720 and they will come and open it at some point. So he waited there one day, two, day, three. Eventually on the third day, somebody came and opened this box. This boy started following the person until he went, they went to their office and he, he knocked the door. It was a particular financial institution and he walked in there and he said, 
I actually saw your advertisement two, three weeks ago. I applied and I've applied three times and I don't know whether you're getting my application or not. The gentleman said something went wrong with the advert we placed in the paper. We put 1720, it should have been 1721 or something like that. 1702 instead of 1720. So there was a little bit of an error. So the, the advert was going in, people's application were going into the wrong places, basically. But this boy, because of his persistency and his follow-through, he decided to follow this man to his office, and the man said, well, we were looking for someone to work with us in this financial institution that had persistence, and you have shown me that you have persistence. This boy was taken, and it was a short period of time that he became one of the biggest names that you know in America from this little persistent story. This young boy was given a chance in a place and he became a big name in the financial institution in America. What am I saying with all of that story? It is that something is coming from nothing. You stay persistent. And as you do that, as you hear God's promise and you do the six points I told you earlier, which I will explain much more next week, you will see the hand of the Lord mighty upon every area of your life this year in the name of Jesus. You are blessed indeed. And I know this year that something is coming out of every nothing that I've been told you in the name of Jesus. I don't know what area it is, but I know that God Almighty will bring something out of nothing for you in Jesus' precious name. We have prayed. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.